Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Shit You Wish Your Building Did. This is the podcast where technology experts tell you how to make your building smarter. And today we are speaking to Gabe Fierio, Assistant Professor of Computer Science at the Colorado School of Mines, about smart building metadata schemas. Why? Because metadata schemas are converging and increasingly complementing each other. Stick around for this important conversation. If you're serious about making your commercial building smarter, then you're in the right place. Every episode, we talk to an expert in their field and discuss practical advice on how to implement technology in buildings. Subscribe to the channel and you'll be notified when we publish new content. So let's go. Gabe, assistant professor at the Colorado School of Mines and co-creator of uh, the Brick Schema. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, real pleasure to, uh, to, to, for you to come on and, and talk about uh, your work, uh, which I find fascinating. Uh, so I'm sure it's going to be a really interesting conversation. I thought maybe we could start with, I think generally, you know, and I'll put a description in, in the show notes, but we, most people I imagine know or have heard of Brick, but perhaps you could just bring us up to speed on you know, where the project is now and um, what you guys are working on at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, as a collaboration of researchers and uh, from academia and industry, started Brick in 2016. I guess we technically had the first conversations in 2015 with the intent of how do you model a building for the intent of making data easier to find so that you can go and write sort of data-driven applications. Um, in terms of where we are now, um, we're, we're getting to the point where we're pretty confident in uh, the design, that the, the, the design is sound, and we're um, currently in the process of making sure that Brick works well with the other prevailing digital representations for, for buildings. Um, it was never our goal to sort of eat the world, right? Be the one true representation of all metadata in buildings. Um, and as our understanding of, and as the landscape of, of, of other metadata solutions and other sort of digital representations of the buildings expands, uh, we see our role as trying to uh, make sure we can be a bridge between both sort of higher level user facing representations, uh, maybe emerging lower level representations, things like ASHRAE 223P, um, and be a, a structured representation that makes it easier to write certain kinds of code. Uh, one of the things that's become sort of clear is it's uh, brick and the world of what we would call sort of graph-oriented or RDF metadata is not necessarily what you would want to give to any engineer or to any developer or any property owner, uh, but it is, in our opinion, a uh, a very good basis for establishing what those user-oriented abstractions might be. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think if I were to try and, and, yeah, to summarize the two directions of work, it's integration with existing uh, standards exist existing and emerging standards, um, and then making sure that uh, we're continuing to support data driven applications uh, in a way that um, is is best fulfilled by the current design. Right, <clears throat> and um, to dig into that a little bit, and um, perhaps I think the the main reason that I asked you to come on today was to talk about how you see some of these different metadata models uh, coming together. Uh, and you've talked about, um, I think, this 
this uh, complementing, right, rather than competing um, uh, <coughs> metadata models, right, R- rather than rather than them being distinct. Now we 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 they are working more together. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, let's talk about that and, and get into that. So what would you be your um, you know where do we start with that? Yeah. So one of the I think one of the pieces that first emerged for us um, was when we when Brick was created, you know, the the prevailing uh, solution in the space was was Project Haystack, uh, which at the time was really more of a sort of tag dictionary rather than the more elaborated data model that's sort of grown to be in, in, in recent years. So version one of Brick you could very much see as, oh, it was providing a, a name to a set of tags that everyone could agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, over in, uh, and then we, we kind of got away from that a little bit and leaned more into the graph-oriented nature of that. But I would say the first uh, major step we took towards realizing, hey, maybe we should be working better with, with other metadata solutions was the emergence of Real Estate Core. Um, focused more on spatial elements, on property management, asset, uh, you know, asset management. Uh, and what we sort of found was, you know, our scope of starting from HVAC equipment and points um, onto equipment, and we started to have to model more spatial stuff, more of the asset management. And then Real Estate Core was starting from modeling spaces and property. And over time, they were modeling more equipment and more points and data sources. And so we had both well-established domains and that we were slowly leaking into each other's solutions. And we started borrowing Mm -hmm. from each other's solutions. We were using some of their concepts for locations. They were using some of our concepts for equipment. And at some point, I think they reached out to us and we said, why why are we duplicating this effort? can we instead, because we're both using this the same graph standard for writing down these these metadata ontologies, um, can we instead just make sure that anytime Brick needs to refer to lo- a location, it refers to a real estate core location, and every time real estate core needs to refer to equipment or data, it refers to Brick equipment or data concepts, and so what sort of became clear was we could each continue to uh, develop our sort of core competency without and make as as much use of a a good solution that we didn't have to then manage. And then the communication was all about how do you make sure that when someone has a modeling task or someone has a question they want to ask of their metadata representation of a building, that it's clear what representation they, they go to to find that information, right? Just like you, you know, when you want to ask a question about something, you know, you, maybe you go to a certain website for these kinds of questions, you go to another website for these kinds of questions, or a different area of the library, right? Those those kinds of, of, of metaphors. Um, and so that was that was probably the first one where we tried to clearly articulate the boundaries between metadata schemas. Um, and that's one form of that, which is subdividing a very large domain buildings into smaller pieces that can be well modeled. Um, and it's one of these fundamental trade-offs that the, the the bigger of a subject area you try to model, the more generic you have to be, the less specific you can be. Uh, and so we've we've tried to find 
what you might call the knee point between sort of complexity and usability in terms of how much of a domain we cover and how we approach the the modeling of that of that domain. Mm-hmm. Um, as as newer, uh, so ASHRAE two two three P is the other is the other big one in the space. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I'm here in Tampa to, to talk about uh, ASHRAE 223P. Um, this, it's a much longer story in terms of how 223P works in this space, but essentially um, we think of it as maybe the Lego blocks or the, the, the atoms, the building blocks underneath higher level representations. Uh, 223P okay. may not you know, have a, I think in Brick we've got Eight or nine hundred different classes of equipment and points and things like that. Uh, Ashray two two three P will probably not have that. It'll be a much shallower hierarchy, but it will name the building blocks from which I could go and construct any weird VRF system or any weird chiller plant or anything that I that I want to do. And something like Brick or Real Estate Core can exist on top of that as a way of mapping very detailed information simplifying it into something that's more maybe accessible to to a human or to a programmer. The other big integration that we've been working on is with Project Haystack. Um, with the launch of the, the, the Zito type system that Brian Frank uh, uh, mentioned in the, the latest Haystack Connect, um, there's now an opportunity for, uh, for us to provide sort of well-structured translations between a Haystack model and a brick or real estate core model. Um, and so one of the things I'm actually demonstrating at ASHRAE today is the ability to go from this very detailed ASHRAE 223P model, generate the brick and real estate core model in the middle, and then generate a haystack model on top. And so you've got the same building modeled at multiple levels of abstraction. And then this way, rather than competing in terms of who whose job it is to model the whole building... Now it's a question of, depending on the job you want to do or the, the question you want to ask, I might reach for a different representation. And the programs that we've been developing, the fact that we're building all of these on these graph standards means that we can ensure that they're all kept up to date with one another. Right, because underlying all of this, and you've referred to it, are these graph standards, which are you know Web3 um, compliant, like they're, they're, they're standard across the IT industry, and, and that's... I guess a huge advantage, right? Because it means that, for example, integrating or making brick and real estate core work together was a lot easier. Yes, I mean these are actually standards that go back to the original vision of the internet from Tim Berners Lee, um, mm-hmm. that any resource would have uh, any online resource like a page would have structured information about what the content was, how it related to other pieces of content. And what we've done is, even though his vision of the web um, hasn't quite come into fruition as he imagined it, right, in, in this, what you might call the semantic web in the early version mm-hmm. of this, sure. the ability to link information together in this very flexible and dynamic way has proven really powerful. Um, and also, there's a ton of software that's already out there that we can use to store and, and, and manipulate this, this data. Um, so we don't have to go and create all of that from scratch. We can just lean into an existing ecosystem, which mm. has been very, very helpful. And I think those levels of abstraction you talked about are really important as well, right? Because I suppose, and you said, people doing different jobs need different information, different data at specific times, and allowing that 
is, is is important, right? Otherwise, it becomes, I guess, confusing for for people and and ultimately not useful. Oh yeah, I mean, the like the example that I that I go to is uh, if I want to get a list of VAVs in my building, it's hard to get easier than just typing the VAV tag into the haystack, um, the Axon uh, search bar right at the top of of that of the SkySpark interface. I type VAV and I get a list of my VAVs. That's very convenient. That's very easy. If I you know maybe for some fault detection application or if I'm creating a detailed model or a simulation of a building, I might have a differential pressure sensor. In brick, I, you know, in brick and haystack, I can both say, well, where is that differential pressure sensor in terms of what equipment is the differential pressure sensor about? But if I want to figure out where exactly is it measuring differential pressure, right? It's got two, two of those leads and it's going to measure the pressure between those and calculate the differential um, mm-hmm. or measure the differential. Where exactly are those leads? That's a level of detail and precision that's, that's much harder for brick and haystack to, to model. Um, so there's a lot more of the building you need to be able to express, and that's exactly what something like 223P is designed to, to provide. Okay, yeah. So how would you recommend that people uh, should plan for this, or at least, you know, as this, this new direction of, of, of metadata models coming together? Mm-hmm. What, is it, what does it mean, do you think, on a, you know, on a day-to-day level for, for people working with data? Sure. I. That's a great question. I would say two things. Um, one is hopefully this helps engender a culture of holding on to a lot of the existing data. This has been one of our primary struggles is a lot of the things we're now seeking to model were known at some point. Um, but due to handoffs or just the way that information moves through these sort of exchanges from firm to firm over the life cycle of a building, um, things get lost or they, uh, they don't get uh, maintained. And so we, we are still actively working with um, standards like IFC, right, um, or trying to integrate with software like Revit to make sure that in places where brick, haystack, 223P don't excel, something like modeling geometry, we can mm-hmm. point to a model that's good at that, right? That our tools already exist. We don't have to solve that problem. All we have to do is link into that. And so by making sure that there's still utility in using that data, hopefully this helps in, you know, uh, uh, keep your IFC models, keep your Revit models, because um, it will help you to create your 223P, your brick, your haystack, real estate core, mm-hmm. will help you create those models. In terms of the other way of how you might think about this, we've been um, undertaking a series of projects in integrating semantic metadata into existing BMSs um, or with existing data management solutions, things like, um, you know, like Niagara, things like uh, PySoft, where you can think of metadata almost as a layer on top of an existing data solution. So if you already have a data historian, if you already have a message bus that's 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 transmitting data between pieces, what something like 223P Brick um, can do is they can exist in a separate metadata database alongside your existing data solution. And anytime you have software that needs to discover data or needs to know how a piece of data relates to other things in your building or other data sources, it can go and query the metadata store 
um, that contains all of that information to ask for, hey, what are all the points on this equipment? Or, you know, what's the, what's the upstream temperature of, of this piece of equipment? Or where are all the meters that the submeters on this floor or, you know, whatever that question happens to be. Um, and that's right now we're trying not to be too opinionated about what it looks like to adopt that. Um, but this is, I mean, we're, we're, we're very, very open, right? A lot of this is, mm-hmm. I, I'm coming at this from the academic perspective. I have a set of principles sure. and things that I think work. Um, we do have open working groups. So anytime someone has a question about how does this work or how do I integrate this? We're always happy to, to engage. Um, because our goal is not to tell you, tell people what to do, uh, but we, we want to figure out what works for, for people. And, and, and sometimes you have to assert the wrong answer in order for someone to tell you what the right one is. Um, mm-hmm. But currently it's, it's a, um, you could think of it as a store that's maybe parallel to your existing data solution that layers the semantics on top of um, whatever you currently happen to be using. Right, okay, of course. I think that's um, a pretty good segue, actually, because one thing I wanted to ask you was about, like, you know, common misconceptions that you you think about uh, metadata schemas. <clears throat> I suppose, like, where they should be used and and how they should be used. I feel like sometimes there is a disconnect between, you know, the let's say the the academic view and the and the data view as opposed to the building owner building. FM view. Sure, sure. Yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think the the high order bit is the no matter what you might read about these so called ontology wars, um, anyone who's actually working on any of these metadata projects really does believe and really is actively working towards bringing them together. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily to a single standard, if that's a capital S standard or lowercase s standard. Um, but at least making sure they work together and that there's a clear path for, for them to complement one another. So that's something we're all working on. The 223P folks, Real Estate Core, uh, Project Haystack, Brick, we're all actively working towards that sort of unified vision. Um, in terms of the misconceptions, um, I think one of the, the main ones is oftentimes Brick and Haystack get, get compared. Um, and in terms of usability, Haystack is is absolutely the winner there, right? It is it's designed to be accessible by by facility managers, whereas Brick is coming. It like we have this whole alphabet soup of it's oh it's RDF and it's Sparkle and it's Shackle and all of these mm-hmm. these existing. I mean they're existing standards, but they're not necessarily something you would learn. Uh, uh, if you're learning programming, right? You're you're learning information technology. This stuff doesn't usually get brought up. Um, and so maybe the misconception is that this RDF stuff, the graph stuff, should be is what should be used by facilities managers and building managers. Um, it is a very uh, sort of persnickety, <laughs> low-level representation, um, and it is difficult to. It can be difficult to express questions against that and learn the query languages. So our our intent and the things that we're actively working on is how do we make that more usable? Uh, I don't think it's, it's, you can think of brick and two, two, three P almost as the assembly languages, right? As writing C code or assembly code um, where you do have to be very specific, right? If you uh, make a mistake, the computer thinks that mistake was, was, was deliberate. And sometimes your, your program crashes, 
but um, you do need that representation in order to facilitate something that is easier to use. Your Pythons, your JavaScripts, your TypeScripts, your basic, maybe even as a programming language metaphor. Um, so we, yeah, I think that's, that's a misconception that, that mm-hmm. Rick should be used directly by these people. Um, if you want to learn, we're happy, we're, <laughs> we're happy to teach you. Sure. But we think there's, there's definitely room for better abstractions on top of that. And a lot of these, you know, these smaller analytics firms that have been exploring the use of Brick, they've been doing that. They've been finding their own ways of, of working with that metadata. And Haystack and the SkySpark and that, that, that industry of, pro- of products is a great example of the kinds of higher-level user-facing, user-friendly interfaces mm. that you could provide. Um, and in our vision, Brick is one way of translating sort of very detailed low-level data from something like 223P into a Haystack model directly so you can always derive the high-level representation. Because mm. the value, I mean, certainly from like the building owner or the operator perspective, the value might be much higher up. Yeah, yeah. What, what you need, what it's doing is is working at the lower level. So, I mean, it could be just provided as part of some software that you that you purchase to do a specific job but like it's still extremely important to have that metadata um, yeah there. yeah exactly right the- and i think one thing as well I, i've um when i've mentioned it to people as well is is like understanding the practical applications of it and i think as you said like perhaps it suffers a little bit from some of these uh, quite technical computer science terms but you know to put it in sort of more straightforward language like what do you see as the value to a building owner operator of of using brick real estate core Mm -hmm. project haystack i think it is it the the I, i think it reduces integration effort by not just making sure that the configuration information, the information you would need to configure software is available, but also available in a structured and consistent way, Um, which means that there's less uh, reading binders of what's there inside the building and the point abbreviations. It's less um, clicking around in BMS interfaces designed to give you the operational state of the building, not designed to tell you how the building is put together and how the subsystems work. Um, it gets us closer to this vision where uh, software, if that's fault detection rules, if that's control sequences, can be auto-commissioning um, because the software is able to perform what we would call introspection on the building. What's there? How's it put together? What sensors did you install? What actuators did you install? How are those presented in the BMS? Now I know what control sequence is the most suitable. I know the fault detection rules that I can run. And because everything is labeled consistently, it, there's less human effort required in sort of wiring those, those, those things together, right? So mm-hmm. ideally, this is fewer truck rolls, right? It's fewer... Um, uh, it's fewer hours spent by engineers or facility managers working together to make sure that everything's hooked up. Um, at some level, you could think of, you know, what does structured metadata provide is uh, 
something close to the red squiggly line that you get underneath a grammatically incorrect sentence in Microsoft Word, right? Like there is an understanding of grammar behind that. There's an understanding of rules of what can be expressed, the valid ways of expressing it. And the system helps you as the user make sure you're doing things in a way that is communicating clearly and and, and consistently. Um, I think we... It's still emerging what the the tooling and the workflow is that helps these models mm-hmm. be created. But our goal is to understand better the existing workflows of people that are doing commissioning of the BMS, that are installing and configuring software. And maybe with a few tweaks to that, right, if you're already writing, writing down a name, if you change the name slightly or you've got a tool that helps you choose from an existing uh, uh uh, existing set of terms, whatever that happens to be, maybe with a few tweaks, we can make it much easier to generate and maintain this this metadata, and it becomes basically part of the interface of your of your building, right? In the same way that my uh, my laptop has USB ports and it's got an audio jack, and as long as the connector looks the right way, I know I can plug in a piece of uh, uh, I can plug in a mouse or a keyboard or I know I can run Word or Chrome or whatever that is. I don't have to worry too much about what kind of CPU I have or what kind of memory or what kind of hard drive is actually installed in the computer. Generally speaking, the computer just figures it out because at some level people had a conversation about what's the interface between the stuff that's user-facing and the stuff that's underneath mm-hmm. that actually helps this stuff go. No, <clears throat> Great point. I think my final question to you as well is sort of the role as well of Soft, the vendors, software vendors. Because I think, you know, actually, in terms of, like, from the metadata perspective, like, they have a quite an important important role. Um, do you think that, are you seeing, like, that there are emerging roles for new startups or companies to take advantage of? Um, or, you know, um, what, what does the landscape look like to you? Sure. I mean... I should preface this with I, I've I've never had a real job, right? I've just existed. <laughs> I've just existed in, in, in academia, um, and so I would encourage people to come. Definitely, come, you know, send me an email. Come talk to us. Um, this this entire effort from day one, Brick has been driven from not this. We've really tried to avoid the sort of the ivory tower perspective that we know best, and we're going to tell you mm-hmm. all how to do it. It's really been driven day one from what are the things that people actually need to do. And if there's anything wrong, it's in how we've been perceiving what that what that is. Um, can you repeat your question? I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, j- just about how um, the roles uh, that, that might be fulfilled by emerging um, um, uh, vendors. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. Sorry. So I think it's a couple things. One is... We're hoping for a, a, a version of this industry where the, the, the data model is not a competitive advantage necessarily, right? Getting people into a particular ecosystem of how things are described is not what differentiates. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think a lot of emerging firms, analytic firms, really want to compete on the quality of their analytics. They want to compete on the quality of their rules, the quality of their, of their controls and their models. And so having structured metadata already there in the building reduces the onboarding time 
for them to get their product in there and for them to demonstrate value, right? You, there's there's less mm-hmm. of this extensive onboarding process of this integration process of like, well, how did what what did you buy? What's in there? How was that described? Mm-hmm. Now we have to map that into our system. And if you look at many of the, the the early players in the in that sort of building analytics space, that was exactly what they were doing, right? They have an, their own internal model that they needed, they needed to develop in order to actually go and get things done. Um, and I think as we can, if we come together as an industry, right, we almost democratize access to that kind of data and make it much much easier for firms to compete on the quality of the value the quality and value delivered to the customer rather than how quickly they can they can get into a, a, a building, right? Yeah. That's not necessarily the best use of your engineer's time, right? They're, they're, they're uh, uh, you hired them for, for, for other reasons rather than sure. just hooking up, you know, what does ABC mean in this, in this building? Um, so I'd say, I'd say it's, it's, it's that right in the, in the way that, um, all of my my metaphors are computer related. So, like you look at the early days of of the internet, right? Being able to lift the abstraction using the internet protocol to the point where basically anyone could talk to anyone, right? These network effects of available information and available resources, you were able to abstract away the differences between, you know, how these internal networks worked in the same way that we might be able to abstract away some of the differences of how it is you talk to to different buildings and how equipment and points are described um, that you, you know, in these future firms, you may not have, you may be, you might have one sort of metadata person, right, that really knows the details of these of these models and how to get that working. Um, and the rest of everyone else is 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 sitting on top of Python or JavaScript or some high level representation that's much easier to get the actual work done um, rather than having to know every single detail all the way all the way down the stack. Yeah, that's a great point. Gabe, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'll make sure we put a link to some of the projects we discussed. So I'll, I'll put um, Brick, Project Haystack, Ashray. T- 223p and um real estate call i'll put all the links to that in the show notes but um yeah and i guess uh, as you mentioned you know you're happy for people to to reach out if they want to ask questions or yes or ask brick schema related questions yes cool thanks again for your time